Branded a fool What will they say Monday at school the Dr. Supercoach podcast. Yes, it's Cheezo back once again with my best mate here, Pistol. Uh, we've now met in uh, in real life now, mate. So does that make us best buds now? Is that right? This is uh, funny because I know you haven't actually listened to the previous podcast, but JB also said, welcome to my best buddy, Pistol. So now I'm confused because you can only have one best buddy. So definitely um, don't make me choose. Look, JB is just uh, just a David Byers. He's just a place setter just to get you through the buys until the real big guns come back after their little break. <laughs> no, he did a great job. I don't think you can say that. <laughs> Look, the one thing I do want to say is that you can never trust social media profiles because when I met you in person, you were at least a foot taller than I thought you were going to. I was like, I literally thought to myself, geez, he's nearly normal height. <laughs> That's not fair. My girlfriend's very tall, so I look very short in the profile <laughs> pictures. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. I would have swiped right for you anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Now, disappointed that you couldn't stick around for the footy when we uh, went to watch the country game. Uh, for those that um, uh, remember the podcast last year, I met up with Houston for the first time as well. I'd actually, I'm not sure if I told you, we'd linked up a, um, a meeting with Darcy Parrish after the game. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. But I am very interested now where this <laughs> is going. Uh, well, I had a mutual acquaintance who was um, good friends with Josh Green when he used to play at Brisbane Lions. And that's who I was going to the footy with. And um, had set up this meeting with Darcy Parrish after the game. And, you know, you know how much of a fan of Darcy I am. So, we're waiting outside the MCG after the game in, like, the freezing cold of Melbourne. Uh, waiting to hear from Greeny to see if, you know, everything's still on. And then about half, like it was literally quarter to midnight, um, we pull the pin, like jump in an Uber and like head off back to the hotel. As soon as we get get home, get back to the hotel, we get this text from Greeny like, oh, we've just got out, whereabouts are you? So Parrish is injured now, so maybe that's karma. He didn't come out quick enough there, Pistol, I'm not sure. Oh, so you're saying you had the chance to meet him and you didn't get back in that cab and um, go and say hi? No, it was like half an hour drive away. Oh, dear. Well, uh... <laughs> Don't miss opportunity. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame you for that one. So, uh. <laughs> hey mate, we'll jump into the news. One of the things that um, I've probably missed out on in the few weeks that have been away is that you were trying to get rid of Fife. Is that right? I was looking at the possibilities yeah. of getting rid of Fife at his buy. Yes. Um, interesting to note that this week that Trelaw came out and uh, basically backed in Fife um, on Fox Footy. Came out and said that he's going to come good. Um, well, we had a look at his stats before. Their pistol twenty six, averaging twenty six touches. 
and six clearances and five tackles a game. Um, how similar are those stats to the years where he went 115, 120 and, and won a Brownlow? Um, I was actually very surprised. Uh, there hasn't been too much of a difference in his stats uh, compared to his um, years where he went 122 and 123, um, just maybe one possession less per game. But um, really, uh, even the goals um, hasn't been too much of a difference either. So, look, if he has a, a little bit of a bigger second half and maybe cleans up his disposal efficiency, really, there shouldn't be too much of a reason he can't get back to those scores. But it's just a bit worrying when you see him play the best game he's played um, in the last month and he only manages a super coach ton. I mean, like a small ton as well. So uh, I'm still on the fence here, but I can definitely see that there is uh, significant upside um, with him, much like there was uh, a lot of upside holding on to Trelaw when he was getting 35 touches every game, but he was just uh, slaughtering the ball. Um, and then he cleaned that up and now he's uh, scoring well. So it could be another similar type situation. Um, but I am still not 100% convinced, but I must say you, you got me halfway there. Yeah. Um, and uh, similarly for me, Trelaw, who is in that boat as well, last three rounds, 131.3 average. So for those that have kept the faith with him, would be uh, pretty happy. I think for me, I, I just don't trade proven premiums. Like it, you, there's a difference I know we were talking about before with like Heath Shaw um, because he's dropped back to those stats that he had four years ago where he was only averaging low 90s, like 85 to 90. So um, I can understand those out there that are thinking that they might um, upgrade him to a Roberton or, a, you know, if you don't have a, a Taylor Adams or something like that. For for those like Trelaw and, and Fife for me who are, you know, maybe just their disposal efficiency just needs to be cleaned up a little bit to get their, their scores back. Uh, um, I've, uh, I'm a firm believer that you should just be holding these guys. What do you think? Well, I mean, depends on yeah how badly uh, they're performing. But uh, at this stage, it looks like holding might be a wise move. I think um, the emergence of Scott Selwood has been a blessing in disguise because worst case scenario now, um, well, maybe not worst case, but a lot of people are going to have um, Scooter sitting at M9 eventually, in which case if you've got five sitting at M8, you can always uh, loophole. Uh, every week between the two of them so you get you know two bites of the cherry of getting a, a ton yeah absolutely hey uh, the the last little thing that i want to talk about at uh, 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 news affecting our supercoach sides this week is uh sandy he's they've, they've come out and said that he doesn't have any sort of strain um but he's still you know including his buy is going to be basically missing a month's worth of football like um imagine if he does actually injure himself and strain something might be out for half a season <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think um, we were under the uh, impression as soon as there was any sort of injury mentioned with Sandyland in the same sentence, we'd just trade Sandy. But I guess it's um, past that point now that if you've you've held him for one week, um, obviously he's not playing this week and he's got to buy next week. What would you do, Chiso? Would you hold him or would you trade him? Well, there's two schools of thought there. There's there's those out there that think, well, you've held him for you know two weeks already. You might as well just keep holding him and and you know keep him till he's after his buy. I am totally of the opposite view for that. I just see that as two missed opportunities to try and get rid of Sandlands. I don't think like Sandlands was always going to be. We started the year with Sandlands knowing that as soon as he got injured, we we're going to get rid of him. You know, like as soon as he got, we wanted six to seven weeks out of him, make that hundred k or whatever it was going to be, and upgrade him to the like the ruck. Unfortunately, at this stage of the year, the rucks that we have are a little bit unappealing, and those waiting for Gorn coming back after his buy and a few rounds after he drops a bit of price, attempted to try and hold on to Sandlands. For me, as soon as Sandlands got injured, I, I went straight and got out, got rid of him. I, I went straight and, and, and got dusty. 
and and you know that that's um you know despite the the, the time i've had dusty he's got a three round average of 145 you know compare that to trying to hold that money on your bench when um you you could just as easily trade that on to to someone and help improve your team i see sandlands as expendable and even if you have held him for two weeks i don't I don't subscribe to the school of thought that all these old coaches that have been around since the start of Supercoach saying, no, you've held him for two weeks, you've got to hold him. I always knew Sandlands was going to go out. And I've also got that two to three week rule pistol that I, I, I try and follow whenever I can. That If it's two weeks, you dem- generally try and hold him. But when it's three or more, they've got to go. And holding Sandlands for four weeks, not getting a score out of him is just not good enough in my opinion. And what's your uh, second train of thought you said? Um, the second train of thought would be to, to get rid of him early. Uh, the first train of thought being that if you've already held him for two weeks, then you're kind of committed to just keep holding him because you, you've missed those two opportunities. So just say uh, you've decided this week to trade him. Obviously, you can't go to a Goldstein because of um, the buy, and you're, go- you're going. We're assuming you're going for overall here, so you're you're probably not looking at trading in around thirteen, um, like a Grundy. Um, so, kind of what we've been seeing um, and hearing a lot about is people considering uh, Matthew Cruiser because he's averaging one hundred and three at the moment. Um, that to me sounds a little bit crazy. I know he's um, averaged above ninety before. But I should mention his upcoming run um, is not particularly um, good. I guess his his worst score of the year, or maybe not the worst score because I was um, against Melbourne, but his second worst score uh, against Mumford, um, he scored a 71. Um, after the, sorry, this week he, he plays Mumford again, and then he's got Wits, who is another really a, a big boy, um, 209 centimetres there. Um, Nank Probably is not too bad for him in uh, round 14. Round 15, he's got uh, Sauce Jacobs. Round 16, probably gets gone on his return match or, or second match back. So it's a very tough month of football for Cruiser ahead. I'm not entirely sure he's going to be uh, putting out scores uh, above 100 um, across those games. So personally, I don't think Cruiser is a very good option. I know a lot of people are trying to say, Shh, don't mention my, my secret POD averaging uh, 103, but he's he's hasn't been doing it against uh, the highest of class Ruckman um, yeah, in, in, in recent times. If you actually look through his direct opponents and his scores, um, there is a little bit of a correlation between uh, yeah, opponent and score there. And this month is going to be very testing times for him. So um, Cruz, I probably would stay away from. Obviously, the other option is Steph Martin. And as we know, Archie Smith came in last week and Steph Martin subsequently scored extremely poorly so Archie Smith has been named it's in the final squad um, not an extended bench situation so you probably don't want to get um, you don't want to get Steph Martin this week just in case uh, Archie Smith causes Steph to have another poor score so for me this week you kind of snookered um, unless you can trade him to via DPP to a primo forward or a primo midfielder. Yeah, I should, I should clarify that that's exactly what I'm uh, intending. Um, if For those, I'll, I'll clarify exactly what I'm meaning. If you've got Sandlands and you have that DPP ability, you shouldn't be holding it. I know, I know of a coach that's sitting in the top 15 overall and they have DPP ability and they're holding Sandlands when they've only got 18 on the field. Um, which I just find absolutely crazy. So if you've got the opportunity to open it up through DPP, I mean, two weeks ago I went Sandland straight to Dusty. So the 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 two round eleven by uh, Ruckman that you're mentioning, I wouldn't 
I just don't have the confidence in him. I think we're all waiting for Gorn and seeing how he returns from injury. Um, but at this stage, um, I would be trading Sandlands if I did have that DPP. If you don't have the DPP, you probably uh, you, you if you haven't used those trades already, you are snookered exactly as you say. Yeah, and in which case, um, I think that you kind of have to hold. If you can name a team this week and name a team next week, um, then you're just going to have to hold Sandy in that ruck line. I guess um, if Nank is your your R2 and Sandy was your R1, that's when you kind of get in this uh, snookered position um, because you just don't really have a great option to trade Sandy Lens to. So um, yeah, obviously depending on your team. Is no no teams are exactly the same, so you can't can't really say exactly what to do. But um, yeah, that's probably uh, my best advice on on probably avoiding um, Stefan Cruiser for for this week at least and seeing how they go. Maybe maybe just avoid Cruiser altogether though. Don't have to worry about seeing how it goes. <laughs> exactly. Hey mate, we might. Speaking of teams, we might as well jump into the uh, the ones that have been announced. Obviously, uh, Sydney and the Bulldogs have been played by uh, by now. Um, JJ. It came out with a brilliant score, mate. Do you want to just touch on that before we move on? Well, the game just finished. So, uh, yeah, pre-scaled scores. Um, we don't have the final scores at the moment. But JJ did uh, come out with a massive 21 tonight. <laughs> he wasn't injured. Um, he just <laughs> couldn't get anywhere near it. So, um, that is pretty shocking for JJ. And uh, he's going to subsequently fall to somewhere around 425k um, and have a large break even I think next week so if you haven't finished off your defense you're struggling with value getting JJ who's averaged 90 to this point um, at possibly sub 400k um, that looks a good bargain cheeser imagine if you're looking for that d6n you know you were desperately trying to save up money and now you can pick up like a, a JJ and maybe even a Jake Lloyd almost on the cheap and, and be able to have like a D6, D7 combo between those guys because they're cheap. Um, anyway, mate, we'll jump into the uh, the Crows and St Kilda game. Uh, a few little ins and outs here, mates. Uh, John O'Beach comes in for his, his first game for the Crows. We'll touch on him in a second, as long as Riley Knight. Outgoing Luke Brown with a fractured cheekbone and David McKay, who've been, who's been admitted. Um, in the, uh, the, the Saints side of things, Josh Bruce, Jimmy Webster with his hand uh, wrapped at training. Interesting to see that he's come back in. And Nathan Wright all come in for the expense of Shane Savage, Darren Mitchington, and Daniel McKenzie all omitted. A um, little bit interesting, uh, John O'Beach has come into the, the Adelaide side, usually a side that's hard to force your way into their pistol. He hasn't really been setting the world on fire. He's had a couple of good games in the uh, SANFL, but uh, nothing that's really jumping off the page at me, mate. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, for those that don't know what we're talking about, he's, he had two really good games. He uh, had 29 touches, three goals, eight marks. Um, coming that was on the back of a 23 touch two goals and 12 mark game but all of his other games um, haven't been very flashy so I think um, basically he's been on their list uh, for a couple of years he's, he's 26 years old um, they just want to give him a chance and see give him a couple of games to basically prove if he's uh, worthwhile keeping in the future I think is what's happening here and um, hopefully for him he can take this opportunity and score well as well. Well, yeah, you know, he's debuting right now, Pistol, and he's a full seven days younger than me. So I've still got still got hope that uh, that I can make it in the AFL, mate. What do you reckon? <laughs> I like those odds. 
<laughs> we'll jump into the next game there, Hawks and the Suns, mate. We should see Titch go pretty crazy in this one. Yeah, definitely. But um, I find it uh, interesting. Gaz's record against the Hawks is unbelievable. Um, pretty much just scores above 130 of them. I think he's got like 130 average or something of his over his last like eight matches against the Hawks. So um, probably pencil in Gaz for a big one. But on the Hawks side, you've got Langford in and Tim O'Brien in. Out is Ty Vickery being omitted. Surprise, surprise. And Willsmore um, gets a flick before his uh, bubble pops. On the Sun side, you've got Archie in and uh, Mackenzie Willis in. Out is <laughs> Will Brody, which is really unfortunate as well, um, on the bubble. And Jared Harbrow. As we said throughout the week, um, he got done drink driving and has been suspended by the club. Yeah. um, Interesting to see that uh, James Cousins is actually named as a follower for the Hawks. It it gives pretty good confidence that... um you can pick him up on the bubble this week and he might actually play a few games, Pistol. Yeah, I think um, Hawks will get to a point where they realise they don't have too much to play for and they're going to be playing their kids to see which ones have talent and which ones don't. I think um, pretty much Clarko has already said as much that they're going to uh, test out a few kids. So I think James Cousins will have pretty good job security for the remainder of the year. Yeah. One to keep an eye out on as well. One of the emergencies this week, Ben Ainsworth, uh, or still on the bubble from um, from uh, earlier on in the season with the uh, uh, average of 71, negative 27 break even. Keep an eye on him there, Pistol. Uh, we'll jump into the, uh, the next game here, the Lions and the Dockers. In comes Tommy Rockliffe and Ryan Harwood out for Matthew Hamelman and Ben Keyes. Uh, on the Docker side of things, Tommy Sheridan, Sam Collins, and Brennan Cox comes in for his first game uh, at the expense of Ed Langdon, who's injured and omitted uh, Matt Tabata and Ethan Hughes, who I've actually uh, he's he's been going alright. Ethan Hughes, some uh, from what I've been from watching the game, so um, he he probably got a, a ten games in his first crack at AFL. Um, good to see that uh, Rockliffe is uh, back. Yeah, he's obviously um, a massive fantasy beast. So whenever <laughs> Rockliffe plays, you don't know what you're going to get. You could could get a, a 40 score. You could get 180. So uh, fingers crossed it's the ladder for those that have traded him in this week. And uh, you had the choice uh, between a, a number of different midfielders to bring in this week. And Tommy Rockliffe was your, your number one option. Yeah, no, he was. So um, I've brought in Rockliffe, uh, ignored his potential shoulder injury for the rest of the year. Uh, if he got cops, cops another knock, but I thought the... Um, reward pretty much outweighed the risk there's no greater reward than what Rockliffe can provide I think yeah um, and uh, just to touch on Brennan Cox who's coming in for his first game 194 centimetre uh, backman he hasn't really been setting the lights up either so I, I think he uh, he might just be uh, getting a, a, a getting a run for Frio uh, while they've got a spot available Um Two weeks ago, he had 26 touches in a waffle game with 17 marks and absolutely tore it up. But other than that, um, he really hasn't been um, setting the lights up. A, a bit like Jono, Jono Beach, have, have a, a couple games here and there and um, and really stand out. And that seems to uh, seems to be what's getting your game um, so far between these two inclusions this week, Pistol. Yeah, and we should also say uh, Luke Ryan has been named for a second game. And uh, Archie Smith, as we said before, is still in. So... Um, unfortunately for Steph Martin owners, that's probably worrying signs. And uh, also worrying signs, uh, Ryan Bastanak is still in the uh, the Brisbane team. <laughs> uh, that just means we uh, have more more ammo for, for later if we have to do another Bastanak review. Hopefully we don't. <laughs> uh, jump into the next game there. Essendon and Port Adelaide, mate. Heaps of changes to go through. <laughs> 
Um, Brett Stanton is omitted, and uh, James Kelly comes in on the Essen side. And on the power side, uh, Wingard is finally back, and Aaron Young has been omitted. So no Brett Eddy still. Um, I think we're going to have to run out of patience there. Um, maybe a bit low on faith that he, that he does return anytime soon. Um, so I think he's going to be one of those players that you start with and you just never trade out for the entire season and then you just have him at the end. I think Eddie, I think Power, what they did is they realized that he was such a gun forward that they needed him on their reserve side. So they picked him up, giving him his, his debut in the AFL and then said, right, you're back there, kick us 70 goals for the year and get us that premiership. <laughs> Maybe something like that. But uh, Pal <laughs> Pepper is... Uh, playing and he scored very well last week so he'll continue to make um, some good cash and uh, McGrath as well um, probably gives owners their last game before they get upgrade him um, at his buy next week. Absolutely. Um, Alright we'll jump into uh, the Carlton and Giants game. A few changes here. It's all extended benches. Harrison McCready is out for those that had him as a rookie in the uh, the back line. Jed Lamb, Leon Jones, Billy Smets and Dale Thomas. Uh, the Sledger coming back in here. Uh, Pistol really enjoyed some of those Sledgers during the week. They were pretty good. Oh, I was especially a fan of uh, Scooter's one uh, live on TV. That was pretty good. Um, on the Giants side, Dawson Simpson, Steve Johnson, Jeremy Finlayson on the extended. Um, Steve Johnson not named on ground, so he, we don't have some, side of, some sort of uh, inclination who's going to be uh, a drop there. Uh, Pistol, uh, Josh Kelly, mate. Someone that I have kind of not been really paying attention to this year has just been absolutely killing it, and um, I, th- I guess I've, I've I've missed the last few last few weeks where he's just been going absolutely crazy, and I'm hearing that he's suddenly come into Brownlow contention, mate. <laughs> he's literally been that good, Chizo. You've missed out on watching um, basically a star emerge in front of everybody's eyes, um, and super coach wise, unfortunately, he's got the buy next week, so. Um, not really a trade in option currently, but he's had a very, very consistent year. He's had a low of uh, 92 for the, the whole year, I think, or something around that. Um, I think actually he had one game. Look, you absolutely smack. 90. It's 92. It's smack on. Oh, no, I thought it'd be roughly there. I, I haven't looked it up. <laughs> I, just, so that was actually a pretty good guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's, he's been a very consistent option, but he hasn't been banging out the massive tons until recent times when you've gone away um so maybe yeah you've been space jamming his uh his powers <laughs> and as soon as you leave the country he's got well you, you talk about potential. talk about consistency his five round average is 127.8 and his three round average is 128.0 you can't get more consistent than that <laughs> well um yeah so he's looking to be a pretty good option if you want to bring him in uh after the buy yeah uh, definitely hey we'll jump into the next game you're the queen's uh, birthday clash on the monday that you'll be looking forward to melbourne and collingwood take us through that yeah just um extended benches at this this stage here uh, we've got Christian Salem coming in. Uh, Jake Kennedy Harris on the back of a 47 possession game in the VFL. Uh, Jake Spencer as well joins the bench. It's interesting to note that um, they did release an article, uh, the Demons, saying that Spencer wasn't going to be rushed back. And although um, they're tempted to play him, they won't. Except now he's been named um, on the extended <laughs> bench. So I'm a bit confused if they actually are going to to play him in the end or if they're just going to um, bring him to the game just in case they happen to need a Ruckman, not that they've been needing one in the last couple of weeks. Um, for Collingwood, quite a few changes with um, Langdon, Fasolo, Callum Brown, James Aish, Maine and Cox in 
and out goes Jamie Elliott, Daniel Wells, Tyson Goldsack. Um, it is interesting to note that after you look at all those players that are in, Collingwood only has, I think it's two more fit players or three more fit players that they could possibly bring in. Um, so not really spoilt for choice on the Collingwood side at the moment. Um, but I expect at least um, Callum Brown has been told that he will debut. So that's at least one change. And <laughs> you'd think uh, for Solo as well, we'd get another chance, especially with Elliot out and then probably just one of um, Langdon or Aish comes in, I assume. Yeah, I think Langdon probably gets the uh, the, the swap for Tyson Goldsack um, in, in that case. Um, Callum Brown named in a, a forward pocket. Just running through some stats on him. He, uh, he he started off the season all right in the VFL, but in the last two weeks is when he's really pushed for the senior call-up. Um, 31 touches, 10 clearances uh, uh, as a, uh, a mid fielder in round eight in the VFL and uh, round nine another solid day where he had 28 possessions and seven clearances um, he is a little bit on the lighter side only 70 odd kilos uh, quite a kind of short um, pressure uh, forward he, he he attacks the ball like an absolute maniac and that uh, for that reason he's a lot like uh, a lot of similar players like that he does have a lower disposal efficiency uh, particularly by foot but he does make it up in contested possession so um, one to, to keep an eye out on especially if he's going to get a few games and uh, another guy uh, on the bubble this week, uh, Matty Scharenberg there, Pistol. Uh, um, how have you been seeing him as a, a, a Pies supporter there, mate? He's been solid without, I think, anything special at the moment. Um, we'll probably give him chances, I guess, for the rest of the year. Um, he, he'll, he'll, he should play. Um, unfortunately, Tyson Goldsack injury is bad for Goldsack, but probably helps a little bit on Scharenberg's um, job security side. Not that I was too worried anyway. Um, hopefully he can score you know, more than 60 because... Yeah, scores are around the 50 marks. Probably uh, not what exactly what we want for cash generation or bench cover. So kind of in no man's land there at 164K. Um, if you don't have him, he's probably one of the safest rookie options. But um, it depends on the structure of your team. Obviously, he doesn't play next week. So if you're not prepared for the buys, you might need to skimp over him. Yeah, obviously... Um, with the the like the extra the extra coin there that you have, you're paying that for probably that little extra job security. He's a, a, an absolute fantastic prospect. He hasn't really had the you know a free run at AFL. So hopefully in the you know in the next two months that he can actually string some games together, and, and I think we'll see his his potential uh, shine through in that respect. I don't think we'll see him getting 46s day in day out. Um, so uh, paying for that little bit of extra job security, particularly at this stage of the season where we don't have a whole stack of rookies to pick from, um, you know, he's never he, he shouldn't ever be on the field anyway. So I have I have no dramas picking him up, particularly if he allows you to pick up someone like Rockliffe this week to make that little little bit of extra cash, say going uh, from a Tom Stewart down. Radio Legend, uh, that pretty much wraps up the teams. We're going to jump straight into Donate for Donuts. I, I noticed that you've uh, you've worked on your Photoshop skills since I've been away. <laughs> Was that Microsoft Paint, was it, that you you whipped that one in? Oh, I'm not going to live that down. Um, all the admins are <laughs> ripping into me for that. That was a, a bad two-minute decision that I made. Um, but it got the point across. Um, Mate, I can, be, I can be in a different country and still notice how good that was. <laughs> you got the point across. People uh, commented on it and... Uh, share that with their friends. Hopefully, they'll <laughs> donate if they do cop donuts, um, especially in round 13. But yeah, not not the prettiest of flyers. I should really congratulate you because it, it definitely worked. Well, uh, we've uh, now hit $1,757 on the, the Donate for Donuts Cancer Council fund that we've got going. We've had a, a couple donors that you touched on 
earlier on the week. Daniel donated $30 for his donuts. Now, um, I'm hoping, Dan, that that was like $30 a donut. You didn't have three, you know, $10 donuts. Uh, we had uh, James who gave $20 uh uh, Sanderlands, he was his donate for donuts there, mate. And we've had a fantastic uh, donation by Maddie, who gave over two hundred dollars. Loves the podcast. Uh, he's hoping that we can answer a few questions for him here. Uh, for here, pistol. I'll just uh, uh, pump out his team. Uh, his, his his questions here for you, uh, Matt. He's ranked three thousand. He's got fourteen trades left, so he's he's sitting in a really good position to try and attack uh, the second half of the buys here, mate. He's wondering. Out of the two, uh, the two options here is, is wondering whether he should go Doherty and Tom Lynch or Roberton and McRae this week. Now, obviously, um, we've inboxed uh, Matt privately, but we do want to talk about the, exactly why we chose the players that we did. Um, McRae might have actually shown us up here, Pistol. Uh, uh, what was your suggestion um, between those two? Um, I think I said McRae and Roberton, didn't I, Chief? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Why would you have picked McRae and Roberton over Doherty and Tommy Lynch? Mostly because McRae scored 125 tonight, <laughs> so I could change my mind. <laughs> yeah, no. I think um, I think for me, um, I preferred the Doherty Tom Lynch option over, say, a Roberton and McRae. But I think because I think that um, I think that Doherty is so much. It has so much importance in in a defence line. You come up against some guy, uh, some some team team lineup later on in the season. You don't have Doherty, and they do. It really, really seems to show up. Um, whereas you've got kind of got McRae that is is going around the same mark as the top maybe um, five to six. Um, forwards all going around the hundred mark. He, he he's playing well, but there's a, a couple guys that you could easily switch his name between. Whereas Doherty, you've really got to choose between him and Taylor Adams. If you don't have those two there, you know you've got Laird and Roberton averaging 104 apiece. Um, there's that little divide that um, is jumping up. You know Doherty averaging 114 compared to Taylor. You know Taylor Adams, who's been a, a dead set midfielder averaging 110. So um, I think without Doherty, um, it really is. You know, you're pushing it uphill to say it in a manner of speaking. And uh, I think with Tommy Lynch, he's basically at uh, you know the the Gold Coast draw really opens up from this this part on. I think they play like one or maybe even two top eight teams, current top eight teams in the next twelve games. So um, he he should have a fairly good run, and you you won't get him any cheaper than what he is right now. I think um, you can take that little hit of 125, 130 for McRae this week for the amount of points that you'll make up um, and for the price point that you can spend out of those two pistol i think that's probably why i prefer it in that situation um and also because you know this week um gold coast tommy lynch um play the Hawks, so we you know we could see tommy lynch kick a, a, a half a dozen and end up with 150 points pistol Yo, you've summarized everything i thought pretty much uh, beautifully there i think uh, mccray having a break even of 140 uh playing at the scg uh, we probably thought he'd drop a little bit more money than he will as well, um, making him, we were hoping, around 500k. Looks like he's only going to drop to about 515-ish. Um, so didn't fall as much as we, we were thinking, but everything else you summarized spot on, especially with uh, Lynch's value and Doherty's um, 
points potential and scoring ability um, I think that's just the better option of the two alright mate uh, while we're talking about uh, guys that we should be trading in and trading out we've covered up donate for donuts don't don't forget if uh, you do have a donut during the buys you don't have 18 playing make sure that you jump on and don't uh, pledge an amount per donut even if it's just a dollar um, it, it all goes towards the cancer council there pistol um, we'll jump into the uh, everyone's favourite section probably uh, only just my favourite section here mate Cheezo's Tasty Trades it ain't easy being cheesy. All right, Pistol, I, I'm going to get straight to the point. There's the two rookies that I would be looking at this week. Um, you've got James Cousins named on ball for the Hawks this week. Um, he's got a, a, a break-even of negative 62, averaging 61. He basically just needs to turn up and lie down on the on the, uh, the footy ground just to make money for us. Uh, absolutely bottom basement price, 102400 we're not going to be picking him to be anywhere near our field, so we only just uh, only just need, um, and we may not even get to the stage where we're going to trade him out. So um, the amount of money that he makes isn't something that's uh, overly concerning to us, um, but it always helps if we do get the chance to kind of utilise that money some way. Um, sticking him at M11 is what I'm kind of hoping. I've got a. Uh, uh, Hugh Greenwood and David Myers sitting around there so uh, on, on, currently on my midfield bench so uh, James Cousins for me is just purely uh, my ability to use that money to upgrade to a premium this week and, and help get myself through the buys um, so for that reason I, I don't really see any other better options this week um, on the defensive side of things for those that are trying to get rid of um, the likes of Tom Stewart this week uh, there's two options that are kind of interesting you've got Matty Scharenberg on the bubble, uh, averaging 55, negative 14 break-even. As we said, he's only just coming back in after stints uh, through injury, so he's only going to get better. Um, but you are paying that little bit extra for job security, as we mentioned. Um, there's one question that we've been getting a few uh, few times this week. Uh, Pistol, I want to know your thoughts on it. People have been asking, should they be bringing in Matt Scharenberg at the elevated price, or should they be bringing in Luke Ryan this week at a lower price, um, they're saying that they're just if, like Cousins. They're just going to have him at DA. Just stick him there, just to to make that extra cash. Can you see reason for the people trying to bring in Luke Ryan and Luke Ryan a fortnight early? Uh, keep in mind that they're having their buy to be able to utilise that money that they'll make from Tom Stewart. I mean, look, Luke Ryan's first game wasn't very inspiring, but I do think he'll be given chances. I think the main thing here is that. It's heavily dependent on your team where if he's going to be your D8 and you're going to have, just say, a Tom Stewart at D7, um, then I think it's okay. But if you have, let's say, a Mitch Hibbard who's not playing or any other, maybe you've got um, Zach three or Mark O'Connor and you've got someone stuck in your back line and then you get Luke Ryan on top of that, hoping Luke Ryan will provide cover, I definitely wouldn't get Luke Ryan then. But if, you, yeah, if you've got someone that's playing every week like a Barry or a Tom Stewart, then I would happily... Um, get Luke Ryan instead of Scharenberg just because Scharenberg he's scoring is pretty average he's not going to make too much money maybe if you're you're desperate for the cash um, then I would probably go for well like if you need the cash this week then I would go for for Ryan um, if you didn't really need the cash immediately then probably Scharenberg just because job security is always a good thing when they're playing um, but yeah if you've got another defender I don't really see why it's 100% necessary to uh, spend the extra 50k and, and get a Scharenberg over Ryan yeah and the, the point I want to make is because there's a lot of coaches out there that are still running with the likes of um, Kurt Munimer they've got like uh, uh 
a, a Balak still sitting in their midfield. They've got a James Parsons they're not going to get any money of. A lot of people still running with a Brett Eddy they don't have any money of. And so they're, they're seeing the back line um, in, say, a Tom Stewart. Some of them still uh, carrying Kirtley Hampton if they couldn't get rid of him for uh, for someone last week. And we're trying to trying to, to use that bench money in the the in the likes of uh, say even a March Bank or a McCready this week who's not in the team um, or a Tom Stewart as we mentioned they're trying to use that money to try and upgrade their team elsewhere because they don't have the money from rookies to be out of trade at this stage of the season so I can kind of see why they want to do it but as you said if you're picking a D7 you cannot pick Luke Ryan based on what we've seen so far. You have to wait until, you know, after the buy when he is on the bubble. Make sure he's getting that, that, that third game in two weeks' time. But if you are picking someone that is like a D8, he's just a throwaway. Potentially, um, you don't care if he's going to be a loophole in three weeks or if he's going to keep playing in three weeks. I could see merit in in picking Luke Ryan to make sure that you have that money um, to be able to bring in the likes of a Rockcliffe or someone like that this week. And don't forget, Chizo, as well. Luke Ryan um, plays for Fremantle, and we know Stranitica is a great loophole option, and Luke Ryan plays for the same team. So if he does happen to get dropped as your D8... You're going to be able to loophole your D7 pretty much the whole year as well. So it's not really such a bad option if he, if he happens to get dropped later in the year when you want the loophole. And that's exactly right because we are seeing a lot of teams that are running a Heath Shaw, Nick Newman, uh, D6, D7 situation. So if, if you do have a Luke Ryan going down, uh, bringing in for a Tom Stewart, you can use that loophole for, you know, if Heath Shaw is not, um, not going to improve during the year, you can actually use that, that loophole to, to, to get the best out of Newman while you've still got him um, you know he put out another 90 this week so um, I wouldn't be in a rush to move him on at this stage either so um, that and, and you know further towards the, the finals when you have got a full side that's going to be absolutely perfect to, to be loopholing as well um, but in I think in summary I think if you're looking at a D7 um, I'd be looking at Scharenberg if you're looking at a D8 then I can see the argument for Luke Ryan because um, we see an, <laughs> we've seen a lot of other teams that are just been throwing away that position trying to get as much money out of it at least Luke Ryan is playing uh, or has played previously so what upgrade options are you looking at this week um, so upgrade options uh, this week I think we've, we've touched on them the number one that I've looked at this week is Tommy Rockliffe um, he is coming back from that little bit of a, a shoulder injury hopefully you can enlighten me a little bit more he's, he's missed a couple of weeks uh, the two weeks that I was away it was just a subluxation it wasn't actually a dislocation so it's in no way a, a Gary Ablett uh, similarly um, a similarity he may just need strapping for a couple of weeks just so he gets that strength back in it and just protects it um, the the thing to notice is that Tom uh, Tommy Rockliffe that subluxation it does make you for a few weeks afterwards make you prone to a full um, a full dislocation of that shoulder if you do cop an awkward knock on it um, so it, it may hurt his scoring potential as he's um, protecting it but we all know Tommy Rockliffe he's not going to be protecting a damn thing um, so uh, this week especially at home against Fremantle um, there's a lot of coaches bringing him in, not only just because he, you know he's a, he's a, a, a round eleven buy player up, upgrade, but he's also a fantastic VC option with the likes of Dusty Martin and uh, Joel Selwood and and Paddy Dangerfield not playing pistol. No, that's exactly right. I think uh, he's he's a very good target for this week. Uh, well, you're looking at I know the Swans games have started, so we can't really uh, suggest trading them in. Um, should just mention JPK's run home in the past couple of years. Do you happen to know what he uh, has averaged? Yeah, so a, a post round. 
round 11. So there's a, a 12-game sample size over the last three years post-round 11. He is actually averaging slightly over 116 on his run home. So um, in the last three games, he's been averaging just over 118. And we know he only put up um, just a low ton today. It might, uh, might only be a, a flat 100. But he's always had, it's, it's basically well known that he, he comes home hard in the second second half of the year. It's the same with Joel Selwood, hey? So um, he's someone that I generally do like the look of, mainly because Rockliffe, we can basically guarantee he's going to miss at least one or two more games. Like, um, if we're going on recent history, he he's missed five games a year over the last three years on average. So you can almost guarantee is that there's at least one little niggle that's going to pop up. But the thing is, if he's averaging 125, the 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 points that you can get from him are almost worth the risk, knowing that he may miss a game and you have to cover him with, say, a Scott Selwood for only a 90 in any given week. But JPK, the thing that interests me is because he just doesn't miss games. I think he's missed like two games in the last six years or something like that. So the reason that you would go with JPK is, yes, he's got that fantastic run on the way home in previous history, but he's also got that injury history in his favour that... Um, he he just doesn't miss games on top of that. So he, he can average 116 and not miss games, or he can have 125 and then maybe miss two or three, depending on what the injury history is like with Rockliffe. We may all get lucky um, for those that have traded him, and we, we may also get absolutely burnt by um, the, the evidence that's just staring straight in front of us. Um, the, another one that um, uh, that I've been looking at uh, for, from a round 11 perspective a lot of people held Jack Steele pistol. What are your what's your opinion on him as an actual keeper this year, averaging ninety two in a forward line? Is he going to be like a last upgrade kind of thing, or do you think that you'd be trying to slide him onto a D seven situation, uh, an F seven situation? Oh, well, and originally I thought it'd be a, a D seven, but he's sorry, an F seven, but he's been playing particularly well. And I think if you can manage to get to a stage where you have Jack Steele as your F six and Nankervis as your your F seven, and that could also provide ruck coverage, I think that would be the ideal deal situation so uh, for me he's definitely a keeper especially if you've held him now past his buy um, I'd just be holding on to him for the rest of the year and hoping he just keeps getting that mid time in the in the Saints midfield yeah um, I've also had a few uh, a few questions come in this week about the th- thoughts on Gary Ablett do we really think that he's going to be a, a fantastic option towards the end of the year and uh, to all these people I say I, I think he's going to be a fantastic option but just like Rockliffe like I don't think I can trust his body anymore. There used to be a time where you, you could just trust it that he'd come back and put those scores up. And with Gary, I just, I, I don't, that trust is broken, Pistol. Like, the last couple of years have totally eroded the faith that we did have in him. And the reason that I'm not looking at him as, a, as an upgrade, he may go absolutely bananas on the route, on the, the way home and have average 130 like he has previously done and, and can make us all look silly. But there's only so much risk you can take. You know, like, so if you're already picking like a, a Tommy Rockliffe or someone like that, you've already got a Nat Fife for a Trelaw that have been underperforming. Uh, Bontepelli's coming back. Uh, he's He's been underperforming again lately. How, how much risk do you want to take in that midfield that uh, potentially may have to burn another trade? So um, for that reason, I kind of just went Tom Tommy Rockliffe over Gaz just as a, a personal preference based uh, based on the injury history and the, the scoring potential that uh, that they have. No, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And just very quickly, we know um, Bont only managed to score, um, well, pre-scaled, that's all we've seen, um, about a 92. Uh, coming off back-to-back 80s and a 92, 
Is this the time to avoid getting Bont if you don't have him? Or is this the time that you want to be jumping on, Chizo? Look, I started with Bont. And for the start of the year, like everything was absolutely fantastic. Like To this stage, he's still averaging 113 with his score today. Probably drops down to maybe 111. But if I wasn't a Bont and Pelly owner, I'd be sitting back thinking, geez, this is going to be one of the best deals of the century. He's going to be sub 500k in, say, a fortnight's time. And imagine getting Bont and Pelly for that price. Like Fife this week, you know, he's got his his his, uh, um, his buy next week. But you know, in in a fortnight's time, you might be able to finish off your midfield or even pick up a, a an M nine for less than five hundred k. Previous Brownlow winner, and for the for the same reason, I think that about Bont and Pelly, like. He is going to have every, every young player is going to have these little flat spots. Every every player, regardless of age, have these flat spots. But Bontempelli is this good for a reason, and you know he, he that all the all the superlatives that they have on him is because he is such a fantastic player, and and I have absolutely no doubt that he's going to be someone to look at, particularly maybe as a last upgrade spot if you haven't finished your side already by uh, by the end of the buyers pistol. Yeah, he also had five free kick against, so that's you know losing twenty points just just by that. So he probably would have uh, scored above a hundred this week, going at like forty percent efficiency, which is unbelievably crazy. Um, basically, he just wills the points and he just gets them. Um, um, not sure how tonight, um, but he, he certainly made it count. <laughs> and I think if you don't have him, um, I don't have him, I'll certainly be jumping on um, in one or two weeks just when his price dips around the 500k mark. It's just a bargain, basically. Yeah, obviously the guys uh, that, uh, other guys from round 11, McRae, Dalhouse, absolutely, I would jump on these guys. I have, uh, you know, we've got absolutely no evidence to suggest that they're going to go sub 100 for the rest of the year, so um, definitely jump on those if you don't have them. Sam Doherty, again, coming off the bye, 113.6 average so far. And uh, Dylan Robin is probably the surprise packer for me. He's a, a clear number four defender so far this year, um, actually averaging more than Rory Laird. Nope, that's uh, that's a pretty good segue. Um, I did did mention him. Uh, I think in like week four or five in a pistols punts uh, section. <laughs> so uh, segue have... into pistols punt, you reckon? <laughs> well, I haven't quite done one in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, did mention still side bottom um, a few weeks ago, but uh, yeah, I think uh, we should take it away into uh, the next next lot of uh, pistols punts, Chizo. You could ask yourself a question: Do I feel lucky? Well, do you? <laughs> well, I'm actually uh, feeling a little bit nervous about this one just because uh, the data's not quite there to uh, for me to suggest that. No, this you one's... can't say Jack McRae knowing you got 120. <laughs> no, the data would be there for this one. Uh, this, <laughs> this one's uh, a little bit of a gut feel. Um, as we know, Richmond are flying at the moment, so I was thinking a little bit of the, the still side bottom mold, which midfielder has uh, previously done pretty well and, and uh, at, at a cheap price. As a midfielder, Dion Prestia comes in at 389000 So yes, sub 400 k 389 um, Coming off 35 touches last week. Looked unreal. Scored 118 points. Um, only averaging 80 for the year, which is very poor. But he, he looked phenomenal last weekend. You know, 389 I can't really see how people would get him into their squad Um this week he does have a break even of 56 so you'd expect him to rise quite a bit but if you missed out on scooter 
and you desperately want that, um, I guess, M9 coverage for later in the year, uh, you could do a lot worse than, than get Dion Pressier at 389000 I think um, that might be a little cheeky option this late in the year. Look, I think that's a really, really clever suggestion, knowing that he's at his buy. It, it, it means that, you know, it can slide, slide it under the carpet if it doesn't work in a couple of weeks' time because no one will remember. It's not like, a you know, two days later that Dion's going to have to play so everyone knows it, knows what he's going to score pistol. I think, yeah, you, you're very clever here, mate, but you've set the bar high. He's got to go 105 for the rest of the season, otherwise it's, uh, it's not stacking up to the rest of your picks, mate. <laughs> No, I don't think uh, 105 is reasonable at all for Pressier, but I wouldn't be surprised if he went uh, above 95 for the rest of the year after only getting 80 to this point. So um, I think, uh, yeah, you can you can wait on it. I've given people time to think about getting with the team cheese. So it's not about them forgetting. It's uh, letting them mull it over and think about what happens next week if they need a cheap option to get through the uh, round. 13 by <laughs> hey uh, the one thing that I do want to mention just to just to wrap up the uh, the the end of the podcast one one guy that I do want to touch on I've seen a lot of people trading out David Myers to uh, James Cousins um, what's your take on that because uh, I, I think that David Myers you know he's obviously had the year off he's had the start of the year off he hasn't he, he's only played a handful of games um, in AFL so far he's averaged 85 multiple times in the past. He's so far only going at like an average of uh, 51. He's averaging. He's clearly got room to improve. He's got a break even of like 20 odd. He's still going to make money this week. Are people jumping the gun a little bit on David Myers just to just to try and bank a hundred thousand dollars? Like, um, should we not be looking for, um, a, 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 say, even a James Parsons, who's you know he, he's literally at his top price. He's he's not going to make any more money money to, to to try and swing a few things and get James Cousins that way. Well, some people would like, I think, Parsons uh, next week, just in case things go a bit sour, a la Lloyd getting too style. Um, I think for me personally, I know I was only, I think, $300 off Rockcliffe. So I was kind of forced into doing the Myers to Cousins, given I don't have any other um, rookie option available uh, to make that money. So I have pulled that trigger um, on, on the, the Myers to Cousins. I do think Myers will make more money this year. I, I think, yeah, as you said, he's too good of a player to only, you know, average sub-50 for, for the rest of the, the season. But if you need the money now, um, and a lot of people are in desperate need of the money, or even just starting to build kind of a war chest or a mini war chest for the round 13 buy, um, given it's going to hurt a lot of people and the, the ranking is going to be all over the place. Um, I'm not against the idea at all, but if you have another option like a, a Balik, obviously I would be trading those players. I think that's pretty obvious. I probably would even trade um, a Fisher um, to a Cousins before a Myers over over a Cousins as well. I think it's just because we know what Myers can do. We have that that previous history and that evidence, and we know his spot's safe and uh, or, or relatively safe in the Essendon side. Whereas you know you got the the Fishers and the the Pickets and you know the McCready's these kind of guys that are interchangeable. Um, that I'd rather get rid of one of these guys more than they. Are. And and remember how much we as soon as the season started, we all had David Myers and sitting in our starting squad before we knew he was injured so um it's got to speak for something that we can't just look at those you know three weeks of averaging 51 and suddenly he's got to go so uh, if you do have another option say a Balak, i would definitely be um be going him over miser and uh, uh, for that reason 
Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I think that pretty much summarizes uh, the podcast this week, Chizo. Yeah, fantastic to be back, mate. I'm uh, feeling a little bit flat coming back with a little bit of a head cold from uh, from overseas, but uh, it feels really good. But really good to hear your voice, buddy. <laughs> oh, they are, that's, you're more than welcome to hear my voice anytime you want, Chizo. <laughs> Look forward to uh, the future podcasts. And don't forget, guys, we got donate for donuts still running. So pledge an amount if you do have a donut this week. Um, obviously, uh, our advice: we're trying to not let you get donuts but uh if worse comes to worse um even a dollar for donut uh, absolutely helps and uh, we do have the championship rings uh pistol running as far as i believe so um if you don't have one of those for your league that'd be uh get, get the rest of the uh, the the uh, the guys together chuck in five bucks and get one of those um i think you were in the hunt for winning that for the keeper league, for the doctor Supercoach keeper league there pistol you, you were in the hunt for that for the uh, the ring at the end of the season mate oh we'll see we'll see what i can uh, what i can do in finals might have just picked up a sam doherty just quietly Oh, well, we'll see if uh, the trade gets vetoed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chance. <laughs> I think it's like three out of four vetoes so far. So uh, uh, I think everyone's just jealous because they wanted to have Sam Doherty instead. It might be a little bit of jealousy sl- uh, slipping in between the coaches and the Doctor Super Coach admin admin league, mate. <laughs> anyway, community, uh, thanks for having us. And don't forget, if uh, you do happen to cop a donut, blame Cheezo. Oh!